not all failures, but most, usually come with a really good lesson or many lessons, and sometimes with a grand opportunity to do something magnificent. Failing. 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 When we talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. A blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited that I have Jennifer Spicer on the show today. We will refer to her as Jen. She is the executive director of Cincinnati Parks Foundation. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Listeners, Jen is in her closet, which is amazing. This is like real podcasting shit that we're doing, isn't it? 100% real. But she's got some cute lipstick on and she looks great, you know, even in the closet. It's amazing. So do you. All right. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Jen, yay, you're here today. Why don't you share with our guests a little bit? First, can you just share the Sensei Parks Foundation? What does that mean? And what does the Parks Foundation do? Sure. Thanks for asking. So the Cincinnati Parks Foundation's the primary philanthropic partner to the Cincinnati Park Board. What does that mean? Well, yeah. the Cincinnati Park, Park Board's like the public body that is a um, city of Cincinnati department. It is um, managed separately by a board of park commissioners. There's five commissioners that have been appointed by the mayor and former mayors. And they have the responsibility um, to work with the director of parks, who's the first woman to direct the parks, Kara Kish, and a a group of uh, like 200 people that maintain 5,000 acres, 10% of the city's landmass. And we like to say it's over 130 parks and green spaces spread throughout the city of Cincinnati. It's a historic system over 200 years old. So it's amazing. It's the eighth best urban park system in the country. The Parks Foundation was incorporated in 1995 because this is such a big system and because they needed alternative revenue sources to help them enhance, conserve what they're managing. That's why we were established by great leaders who were standing on their shoulders. And um, in our history, we've raised over $100 million for various park projects. A big portion of that was for the design and development of the John G. and Phyllis W. Smale Riverfront Park. Right, which is huge, huge. And I think that you said that a hundred years ago they had they yes. had dreamt about that. Yes, a bunch of men in the room in the 1900s were talking about. It was actually the 1930s. They have uh, board meeting minutes from the commissioners' meetings where they're handwritten, and so they had talked about a park along the riverfront, and certainly. We have, you know, the Sawyer Point and there's Theodore M. Berry, but like this type of riverfront development in the central business district and uh, along the river completely was something that had not happened yet, what that was envisioned. And we took two women, we credit Helen Heakin and Debbie Oliver with this idea that they modeled after the Central Park Conservancy and their women's committee who's responsible for taking Central Park back. Um, because it was, you know, hard to imagine, but it's like it was run down and with crime and graffiti. And so these women mm-hmm. uh, gathered together. And so that model was uh, mimicked 
And Debbie and Helen wrote a letter to 400 of their friends, and then now 400 more of their friends. So we have a total of 850 women's committee members to date. And it's exciting because Smale Riverfront Park draws over 6 million people. It did in 2019 and um, considered the most diverse place in in Ohio. And I think when you're there, you really feel that. It's a true community. Yes. But if I can say, like, we're also so committed to neighborhood parks and revitalizing smaller, like, needs in the system because there are, like, you know, it's a huge system that has like $74 million worth of needs. And so it's about trees being replanted and rest- uh, playgrounds being restored. And so we've spent the last four years really concentrating on eight neighborhood parks to help revitalize. Question, did you, growing up, was your co- sort of professional trajectory, were you in this space before? I was. Okay, so like out of college, mm-hmm. what did you do, or what did you even major in college? Think so, a bachelor of arts with a focus, like a minor focus in public relations, and uh-huh. I knew that. I think I've always known because you know my mother was a saint, but she was also just like extremely like giving person, and I knew that I wanted to do something. She was a nurse. I knew I wanted to do something to help. And that I would come home and after working all day and feel good about the work I did, I just was too much of a wuss to be a nurse or a firefighter. Like, I just, I'm like, I can't, I can't really do that. But so I started out as um, like an events person for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and kind of worked my way up from here, from there. And since COVID has hit, are more people opening either time or treasure to give towards parks? We we truly believe so. I mean, last year, thank goodness, Cincinnati parks remained open. There were lots of other cities yeah. across the United States that had to shut down their public parks. Unfortunately, Cincinnati parks had to furlough over 100 people, so there were limitations and, you know, of course, different mode schedules, different, just it wasn't exactly the same, but it still was open. And I think that as like all of us, we, we realized that how important these public assets are to our well-being. And so at the end of the year, we noticed a lot more of um, thank you notes and testimonials. And we have handfuls of stories that, you know, would make you cry just because of yeah. how lonely people felt, how scared they were. But it was really fun to like take a motorized boat Uh, you know, like, um, or like a remote controlled car, but like on the lake at rapid run, like we, like we did that and uh, tons of hiking and just like, there's so many things that I think people did and in places that they went to outside of their normal neighborhood park. I was listening to this podcast this morning about the importance, uh, this is primarily around like a partner that, you know, or a husband, wife, partner, whatever. And talking about the importance of play and fun and also getting outside of these four walls. And that especially during COVID people needed that change in scenery. And I will tell you, I mean, and I know it's not just me, but everybody went to a park. Every person hit a park who didn't hit a park before. And last weekend I was walking in my neighborhood and I walked through a park close to here and there was a man um, emptying the trash. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is always so clean. And I, 
you take for granted the people that do all that work or it would have a bunch of litter I know. on it. I couldn't agree more. I think people who used their parks more, they loved them to death. And I think adversely, like you're seeing like a lot more litter in the parks than you used mm -hmm. to because there's more traffic there. Yeah. There and more traffic. obviously like uh, staffing still like they're still beefing up, but it's still, there's, there's a recovery period for everybody in every sector of business. So what would you say in, in, you know, the last, can I, I don't even want to say how old you are. Cause I don't really know, but your career, the last 20 years, mm -hmm. what has been the, the most challenging and most rewarding aspect? Gosh, that's such a great question. I'm 42 and I'm really proud of it. And I worked hard. Yay, I'm 47 Yay. and I'm really proud of it. I mean, I love it. Ladies, I, I'm very yes. I can't this. wait to turn 50. Yeah. I think it just, I'm, I'm happy. I laughed really hard for these lines on my face. I would never get rid of them. I love them. Cause it's like, God, there's many good memories there. And <laughs> ones too, but like, yeah. Um, most rewarding and most challenging was the question, right? In my, just like right. whole span of career. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, in a previous role. Yes. I think that it's okay to not trust the leader and Ooh. it's okay. I think at the time, like I was very young and I'm very young still, we are both very young, but I was like very Thank young you. and I, um, I walked into like a brand new situation and had, you know, a, um, director that I was working with who I liked as a human being, but questioned the leadership style and direction. And then eventually like the ethics and those yeah. little like mindful, like your weekly touch base meetings where it's like, you can ask the same question over and over again, but you keep getting the same answer and you're like, but I know that's not right, but I know that's not right. But you don't want to be disrespectful because it's your, you know, it's the person because they're your leader. That's right. And so it ended up being that it was a big, it was a, it, it was a, it was a big thing. And so it, the, it, things came came at a time where it was like, well, if we would have just done that thing, we could have moved forward. But because that one thing wasn't completed, the house comes down and then we mm -hmm. had to, you know, dial back and communicate and cancel something. And it was devastating. And I remember like crying really hard, like, God, this is like so avoidable when there's so many things in life that are absolutely not. And, um, although it was like in the field I wanted to be in and it was, I was really passionate. I also thought I can't work for somebody. I don't trust their, like their path, their vision their leadership style, their decision. Did you really? So this is really interesting because uh, I'm going to be facilitating a another Ascending Women event that, that you and I did last month in, Jan in December. And the whole concept or theme is around speaking up. And uh, yeah, be part. Somebody said, I wanna be part of brave noise. And so my question for you is what does brave noise mean for you? And then I'm going to share with you what it means to me. What's another thing that I think happens often is we don't listen to it enough. Typically, like I've learned to trust my instincts because they're always right. I, I mean, seriously, 
um, because of the times that I had it, like I've been in trouble, but anyway, brave noise is just that saying those things out loud and not being concerned about the consequences, not being fearful. So, okay. How do you, I, well, let me answer it for me. So I think brave noise, I would agree with, with everything that you said. And for me, it's speaking up for myself because I'm learning that I've been such an accommodator oh, yeah. and I'm middle child and I'm such a peacemaker that's that sometimes you too, sometimes I don't even know what I want because I haven't taken the time to like, be like, wait, do I want that? Or do I just want that? Because that's what they want. Uh-huh. And it's little things. It's not big things. It's the small things. And so brave noise for me is starting, is that is starting it with me first. Yeah. And you know, I, my parents were amazing, Jen, they were amazing. And they also were a different generation. They were veteran generation. Mm -hmm. And so for women that, you know, brave noise wasn't really a big thing. No. So how do you get to that place? You had said intuition. Mm -hmm. You were like, man, if I had listened to my intuition, mm -hmm. how do you nurture and how do you um, create your own intuition? I think you can nurture it by gathering a posse of people to kind of check it against. I think that you can do that. I think sometimes we think, oh, am I being disloyal? Am I being like am a whistleblower or am I like, not like at that level, but just, I don't want to be disrespectful to this person by calling a group together. But I do think it's important to gain perspective and insight from a yes. wide variety of people, um, to share a dilemma with and just say like, what you know, what would you recommend? How would you handle this? I think at the, this specific example was something where if I hadn't said, like, I just, I wish I could have gotten a couple of other people with a little bit more tenure, because then I think it would have been, oh, you're right. But it's because I was relatively new. Oh, was young. it also because you were young? Yeah. Yeah. Which really shouldn't matter, but it does, you know, it says, it's like, it shouldn't though. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting. Obviously we all have biases mm -hmm. and I can sometimes at work make comments like, Oh, you're young. And that's freaking bias. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. Cause I remember when people said that to me and it just cut me. Me too. Right. I think it's important to be respectful of different generations working and understand like what's the best, I don't know, like just, just as you said, like, I don't want people to like, I didn't want somebody to say that to me, so I shouldn't say that to someone else, Yeah, but yeah. I think it would have been helpful just to have like more people and you know, they were there longer and just like to be with me on it. And I just was really kind of just scared. Like, I'm like, this is something where I'm going up against the boss. Have you watched the, uh, oh, I don't even know what it's on. It's about Monica Lewinsky and, um, um are you kidding me right now, Sarah? Hold on a minute. What? I'm going to talk to everyone about this. Are you kidding me right now? I'm obsessed because 
of the news article that she had in the New York Times talking about the impeachment, the American crime story. Yeah, that. Yes, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh my God, it, I'm, I haven't watched the next episode. It, like I haven't, like I can't wait. I'm doing it after this, so, I'm watching okay, it. Okay, when is it, what, what day is it on? Because I have YouTube TV and I cannot find what it's, it's, it's on FX or something. I don't have FX. It's, it's I mean, on, I have FX on YouTube. Exactly, I have Hulu, which FX you can watch on. All right, so let's talk, let's unpack this because I find it, first of all, she was a child and her life has been ruined. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I know. If I can just be crude for a second. Please. I have been obsessed about this and I like literally was just talking to people because the thing about that is it's crazy how you can forget details of something so major that is what like was first so jarring to me that I thought like, oh my gosh, I'm like, God, the president was going to be impeached. Like he was impeached, like not completely though. Right. Like he remained in office just a little while right, longer. Right. This happened. He was more than 20 years, her elder, her daughter was closer in age to like him. His daughter was closer in age to her. That was crazy. But she was so young. I think of like 22, 21, 23. I mean, do you even remember? I mean, I know like in the core, like you're always the same person, but seriously, like that young, I was saying the crude remark is they're two, they're equally as bad, but she's the one that's like, totally like the villain. She was totally she was the villain. villain. And I think it's so gross because like, if that happened today, I do think that from the me too movement, it would have been the other way and she would have I, support. I hope I hope I mean she would have been annihilated still but like she would have at least yeah. received support from true like women need to support women that was a huge mistake that she made but she was very young and disillusioned and I mean it was the president for crying out loud but yeah I'm obsessed with right. that whole thing well, and he, right. He was a powerful man. Yeah. What 20, whatever year, what any year old wouldn't. I know. Like be drawn to that. Not to mention he was extremely charismatic and right. I mean, he was the most powerful man in the world. Right. And she was annihilated. And the fact that she couldn't get a job after that and right. And she was so like in all these depictions, cause I've watched all these other like side documentaries too. It's like, she was wicked. She is wicked smart. Like she's a very smart woman. Is she? Yeah. I mean, from what I'm like seeing in these documentaries, she, had but to like, be. she made a bad decision. It's like, God, you know what? We're human. We all make bad decisions, but hers was so damn public. And the fact yeah. that it ruined her whole life. I mean, she's still, I think she always wanted to marry anyway. Also that it's chilling to think that as America was focused on this personal tragedy story mm -hmm. but really like I'm, like it shouldn't have had it, it like i'm i wish it never would have been public linda trip she's the devil um but it was public and you know two years later september 11th's happening like this is like 2001 like this was just a few years I later and that's another know. thing that's been bothering me because i'm like did we take our eye away and we're totally focused on that when all these other things were being planned. And interesting. Oh, I didn't even think about that. 
I can't stop thinking about that. Yeah. So, so no, 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 I don't think it's a tangent. Cause I think it's, it goes back to, um, what was that line that, that I, we said before the, um, brave noise, brave noise. It's all related yeah. to brave noise. It is. And then when you think about your daughter and I think about my nieces, I am like, you know, there has been some change. And I do think that today, if that happened to a 20, whatever year old woman, it, they wouldn't be as annihilated. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be great, but sure. wouldn't be as bad. Right. I agree. I, I mean, I'm, that makes me hopeful at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jen, when you think about failing, mm-hmm. the word failing, what, what does it mean or failing forward? Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you and why does it resonate with you? It resonates very deeply with me because it just reminds me that not all failures, but most usually come with a really good lesson or many lessons and sometimes with a grand opportunity to do oh. something magnificent. But unless you're truly humble and really like, you know, sometimes in a really low place because of, you know, you failed and you're just confused and depressed and emotional and not thinking straight. It's like, well, then that's the bottom. (laughs) A lot comes from that. So that's failing forward means, you know, I fall down, but I get back up and I may be a little stronger after. Yes. 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 Love that. (laughs) Yeah. What's, what's the last thing that you think we should talk about? I loved how you asked me yesterday, like, what are some, like what you were talking about, like, what do you want people to take away? Or like, what are things that people could learn? And I have to say, like, we've been having a lot of conversations around, like I have a team and each one of them is different than the next. And we don't just all sit around a table agreeing with each other and that we respect each other enough to have like this healthy dialogue and opposition and, you know, true, like, you know, it's a funny, like you have the art person, you have a science person, like the data person, you have, you know, the cultivator, there's all these roles that you assume and it happens in families. It happens in teams but it's most special when it's like, I don't agree and here's why. And, and then there's a resolution or an op, like another idea. And so I think that that's something that I just, you know, together as a team, sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to fail. But the, the most important thing is that you can still sit around a table and talk through it and figure out like what was really damn awesome about that. And and what was the most embarrassing you wanted to die and crawl underneath your desk, like, and having that ability to just like say those things. So that's important. And then I, I have like two squads of badass women. Who Love that. Are- Wait, I want to say one, say one thing about that before we move into oh, your squads. Cause you do have great squads. I love what you're doing with your team. And I think that's so, I find that I need to do that more with my family because I have different political views than they do, but sitting down at a table, breaking bread together and having conversation about it is, um, is what I need to do more of. So I think it's with family too. I agree. And I love how you said break bread because that's exactly how I feel. And it's amazing like how you can diffuse a bomb over a big steaming bowl of ramen. It's like, don't <laughs> agree with you. I think that person is the devil. However, 
and slurp slurp and just like and then it's like I, I'm fine now I'm warm and I'm fed and yeah but I completely agree like and eating together is always good and then my two badass squads which I recommend yes. for every person male or female any role that you have you should just like be able to just gather a group of people who do like work there's we've been very close and we meet once a month and twice a year like we'll have drinks but it's like coffee just every month and yeah. five others that lead other nonprofits, mid-size to small. And just the, like that, those like, um, perspectives and support mm -hmm. and just having that, like, how are you? Oh gosh, girl, I know what you're going through. Or like, tell me what you're going through. That's been like amazing. And then, and those women are like relatively within, like we're relatively within a decade of each other. Then, you know, I have a group of women that are a decade older than me and, you know, even more so than that. And that's been awesome because it blends a whole other perspective, but similar roles and just mentoring. Uh, okay. I, I love that. And having that connection is, I just think it's so important, especially since COVID it, it's so important any, regardless. And I'm really involved with like 12 step programs and, you know, sobriety and stuff. And the number one thing that medicine says Western and, you know, Eastern is connection with others. If you have connection with others, you're going to be in a much healthier place. Being honest with each other and, and vulnerable. Yeah. It's so true. I have to show you something at the end. Okay. What is it? And then can we take a picture of it so that they can see it? Our listeners can see it on social media. My mom's one day at a time book and I have oh. it and it's like a treasure. How yeah. long was she sober for? She was sober for, let's see. So about seven or eight years and then a little like, like, you know, and then again for a couple more years. Sure, and she, sure. just, she passed away in 2009, but she fought really hard. I just always said that she was too sensitive for this world. Like she wasn't meant to be walking among us. She was supposed to be walking above us. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, my it's... was like giving me these books and my brothers, like I have three brothers are all awesome. And, yeah. but like the power of positive thinking we would get for Christmas. No, you didn't. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Cause you know, what's funny. I have my dad's. It's up in my bookshelf. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's a, that's a cool connection. That's a cool little miracle that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you are so awesome. Thank you for being on today, you're taking awesome. the time and sharing your amazing spirit energy. I love it. You guys, when you meet Jen in person, you're going to die. She like explodes with love. Oh, that's so kind. Likewise, friend. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to do this. I like, I've told all my friends and they were like, are you kidding me right now? And I'm like, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, it's very You're high, the best. podcast amongst You're the many. Thank you. Thank you. thank everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on social media outlets at Fail Forward Pod. 